Hey friend, my name is Pastor Alberto and I want to welcome you to our growth groups. Thank you so much for uh, carving out time out of your busy schedule to attend a growth group. Now, uh, what exactly is a growth group? A growth group is a community of people that, that gather throughout the week to grow, uh, to grow in, in community and in relationship with one another, uh, to grow in our discipleship to Jesus as we learn uh, what it looks like to follow Christ in our day-to-day life and, and grow in the Word of God. And so uh, my hope for you is that uh, that would happen in your life, that you would experience growth and transformation uh, as we gather together in community around the Word of God for the person of Christ. Uh, this Sunday, we, we opened up the Bible to Genesis chapter 16. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the scriptures, Genesis chapter uh, 16 uh, is an interesting portion of scripture uh, that details and sort of breaks down the life of of three characters. The first one is Sarai, the second one is Hagar, and the third is Abram. Uh, A lot can be said uh, about this chapter and a lot can be taken away, but the big idea that we discussed was that God enjoys seeing us, hearing us, and moving in our lives. God enjoys seeing us, hearing us, and moving in our lives. Now, I want to read this portion of scripture uh, out loud and sort of break down where this idea comes from. Verse 1 says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Uh, She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So what's happening in this first few verses uh, is that these characters, Abram and Sarah, had had been encountered by God. And God had spoken this wonderful promise to them that they would inherit land, that they would have children, and that nations would be blessed through them. At this point in their life, they've experienced this first promise, the promise of of obtaining land uh, and and building a family and community on this land. But now they have reached old age, and this promise of having children seems far off in distance. And so in a moment... Instead of trusting God and relying on Him, they take matters into their own hand. And as we continue to read, it says that Abram lived 10 years in the land of Canaan. Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. Verse 4 says, And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Verse 5, Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. So Hagar, the surrogate mother, gets pregnant. Sarai is feeling the shame and embarrassment and insecurity and anger because in this day and age, having kids meant everything, especially for the woman. Having children, that was that was gold. That was your capital. That was uh, what solidified your place in society was being able to raise children and leave behind a legacy. Well, Hagar in this moment uh, has successfully conceived and now she feels a sense of sta- a sense of worth and value and begins to look down on Sarai. In verse six, it says, Abram said to Sarai, behold, your servant is in your power. Uh, 
Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. As we continue reading in verse 7, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. So at this point in the story, uh, Hagar is experiencing oppression, abuse, and is afflicted by her uh, master, Sarah. And so she runs away and she flees back to her home in Egypt. But on her way home, verse 8 says, uh, that an angel of the Lord appeared to her and asked her, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. Verse 10, the angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that you cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. Verse 13. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly, I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called Beer Lahiroi. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Verse 15. And Hagar, Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So what's happening in this last few uh, portion of scripture is that an angel of the Lord encounters this woman in the wilderness. Now we have reason to believe that angel of the Lord is a title for the Lord, for Yahweh. Uh, all throughout the scripture, this seems to be uh, an occurrence, um, a, a, an experience where, where God reveals himself as the angel of the Lord. Now, what's interesting to notice, though, is that this is the very first occurrence uh, where we see God reveal himself to a person in this manner. This is the very first time in all of the scriptures that the angel of the Lord is mentioned. Now, this is significant because when we consider the context and who he's revealing himself to says a lot. The very first time that God reveals himself to a person in this manner is to a woman, to a person who is afflicted, oppressed, and abused, to a person who is suffering and hurting, to a person who is marginalized and on the fringe of society, who feels so distant and out of the loop, not a part of family. And this is the person that God reveals himself to. And this is significant because this reveals the type of people that God has a heart for, that God has a heart for the afflicted, that God has a heart for the oppressed, that God has a heart for those who are suffering, that he enjoys leaning in and rescuing people from their affliction and from their suffering. And in this moment, uh, Hagar is overwhelmed by the Lord's compassion by the Lord's willingness to commune with her and ask her questions that she already knows the answer to. Where are you going? Where have you come from? And so she calls the name of the Lord. Uh, you are the God of seeing in verse 13. For she said, truly, I have seen him who looks after me. In this moment, we have this beautiful picture that God is the God who sees us who is aware of the details of our lives, 
that God hears us, that He enjoys listening to us and communing with us and engaging us. That even though we're, when we're not praying out to Him in the midst of our affliction, because Hagar was not praying to God in this moment, God appeared to her. And it said that in verse 11, that the Lord listened to her affliction. Maybe we may not be crying out to the Lord in the midst of our pain or our affliction, but God has a heart that hears that. God has a heart that listens to that and he enjoys moving in our lives. So not only does God see us, not only does God hear us, but he enjoys moving in our lives. Where we find Hagar in this place is the result of, of, of people's disobedience and their attempt to be God in their lives. And, and when Abram and Sarai took matters into their own hands, not only did their plans fail miserably, but it had very real world consequences in not only hurting Hagar, but hurting themselves. And instead of trusting God to move on their behalf, to fulfill this promise under his good timing, they took matter into their own hands. And so what we can learn from this portion of scripture is that God's ways are higher than our ways. Uh, that, that, that God moving us and redirecting us, um, is way better than our own plan for our own life. And we're reminded that submitting to God and His will and His Lordship is a better way to live than submitting to our own desires of our flesh. So, friend, I hope that you enjoy Growth Group. I hope that this helps you uh, engage in the group if you did not have a chance to uh, listen to the sermon on Sunday. If you want a little bit more detail and more context, I encourage you to visit thespringstx.org and listen to our sermon uh, on this text. But I pray that God blesses your time in Growth Group and that it is a refreshing time of not only growing in community, but also growing in your relationship with Jesus. Love you. God bless.